Hi, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the NSL's podcast. I hope you're all well who's listening. And yes, I'm delighted to be finally back hosting, is what I've been looking forward to doing. And I'm back again, so hopefully this show goes well. I haven't done this in like four weeks. My co-host, John, he's been holding the fort and he's done a fantastic job. How are you, John? Yeah, I'm not too bad, mate. It's good to have you back. Yeah, and I obviously appreciate all you guys keeping this podcast going. And we have a show regular, William. How are you, William? I'm very well, mate. Uh... Big Ange, positivity train is choo-chooing along and my big muckers back in the hot seat hosting, so all's well in the world again. All is well indeed. Fresh <laughs> off a night out with the boys, a win against Hearts and a fantastic win yesterday against AZ Alkmaar in the Europa League. And it was 2-0. Kyogo scored in James Forrest. I mean, you can debate if it was an own goal or not, but it was a fantastic play nonetheless. But we'll get stuck straight into the game itself. Come to yourself, William, first. I mean... I thought the first half, maybe the first 10-15 minutes, it took us a while to settle into a rhythm, settle into a kind of flow of play. But after that, I think he said, oh, I didn't really know what to do with us. I thought we were high-pressing again. And granted, there was a few chances that they created. Joe Hart made a fantastic save, save with his uh, foot went onto the post. I thought that was brilliant. But what was your overall take of the game and the types of performances you were seeing? You said there, the Anne's train is choo-chooing along. It certainly is, isn't it? It uh, definitely is. I, th- I thought we were absolutely tremendous. Uh, this, I don't know how we keep managing it and keeping it up with this uh, high press and attacking. I've never, never in all my days seen Celtic play with such an attacking intent as we uh, we are now. I thought that the lads were exceptional. Um, like you say, we, we rode a luck a bit defensively. There was a few that Starfelt was giving me the fear most of the night. To be to be honest, he looked a bit nervous on the ball at times, but. That that's the only negative uh, I could I could pick out the game. Joe Hart was immense in goals. I, I thought Rogic was unbelievable in, in the first half. I, I thought everything went through him. Uh, he's he's got the magic feet back again, and he's and he's holding players. He's just shrugging players off the ball. I thought he was absolutely immense. Uh, Turnbull again covered every blade of grass. I thought the fullbacks were both excellent. Ralston in particular, I've got to hold my hands up. I was Ralston's biggest critic, but he's been absolutely phenomenal. Um, Kalmak, as usual, the leader in the middle of the park, was superb. Kyogo's movement, as usual, fantastic. I mean, you can't say any more superlatives uh, for other guys. The From a few months ago until now, it's night and day, and the fact that we're going into this game, I was expecting, and I know they're a good side, as the, the first 15 minutes showed, we were a bit under the cost, like you said, Stephen. But then I thought we just put them to the sword again. We rode a lot, but I thought we could have scored three, four, five goals. Um, when we're in full flow, we're just electric, and it's just fantastic to watch just now. Just excited, like Ross says. Every time a game finishes, you're just sitting excited, waiting for the next one to come along. Yeah, I mean... Well, we will get into the player side of things, but just obviously talking about the performance, like you said, William, it was it was brilliant. It's been the best football we've played in years, like to be honest, even far back as Brendan Rodgers when he was his kind of uh, first season in charge, that kind of thing. And you said Starfelt, he did give me the he gave me the fear as well. <laughs> there, there was ty- there was times he was too slow to the ball, he was getting nutmegged, and he was losing his player. But hopefully. Hopefully that comes within a few games and he starts to get his rhythm and playing in the, the Apostle Caldew style of things. But coming to yourself, John, as William said there, he, he kind of summed that up brilliantly. But what was your overwhelming take of the game? Yeah, I mean, William did sum up pretty much perfectly. And I don't really know if there's much else I can add to that that's any different. Uh, I, I agree with everything he said. I thought the boys were fantastic. Uh, it did take us, like you said, it took us about 10, 15 minutes to sort of settle in and and sort of is take control of the game. Uh, and that, that Joe Hart save, uh, where he caught the end of his foot and he touched on the post and managed to get it, uh, was a massive moment because it could have been drastically different had that went in. So uh, I thought we were fantastic. Uh, they showed as well, though, that they're a decent side. Um, but as William mentioned, they, 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 they didn't know what today was. They, they didn't look like they could really cope when we were pressing them. Um, we kind of let the... F- foot off the gas a wee bit uh, towards the end of the, the second half uh, allowed them to sort of take it, take control of the game a wee bit but again they still had flashes uh, we, 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 we just what I'm loving about this Celtic team at the minute is it's non-stop um, and it was like if you, you go right back to that first 
mic'd up session with Ange uh, when he was doing the training, and he was saying it's, it's non-stop. You stop when the whistle goes half time, whistle goes full time, and that's the way it's been, and it, that's the way it's looked. Uh, and it's, it, I mean, obviously, you can't against teams in Scotland will dominate possession the baller. Uh, but that's a much higher level of opposition, and obviously they're going to get their chances and they're going to take their chances. And if you're no switched on, um, then they'll punish you. Uh, but I, I thought we were absolutely fantastic, and seeing the likes of Hart as well, sort of commanding his back line, bringing the boys in, Ray Calmack, uh getting instructions for Ange, and then passing them on as well. I thought it was fantastic. He's imparting his experience as well, and it shows Ange obviously has a lot of trust in Hart. Um, and I, it's just the mayor that as William said, this train is just in full flow at the minute, and it's just gaining momentum, and it's incredible. I'm loving it. It is, and you made a brilliant point about Joe Hart and what you've been doing, John. When you've been hosting the show, you've been kind of focusing on player performances, and I'm actually loving that. So we're going to keep with that tonight, this evening. So I'm going to focus on a couple of players from different positions. But first of all, I want to start with Joe Hart, William, and I think John makes a brilliant point. And I, I have to kind of say. When we signed him, I wasn't for it. I just wasn't for it. I was never keen on Joe Hart. I was never his biggest fan. And especially when Fraser Foster was in his first spell towards the end of it anyway, I always thought he was the better keeper. It should have been England's number one, but again, the snobbery towards the Scotty scheme. But Joe Hart, while he's been at Celtic, I know it's early days, he's kind of, I've warmed to him. I'm liking what I'm saying. There was a point in that game where he went to Postacoglu for instructions and he Joe Hart sprints over to Cal McGregor, basically grabs him by the scruff of the neck, and he's telling him what the managers are saying. What, what's your opinion of Joe Hart? Do you think he's settling that defence at the moment? Definitely. I was um, I was a big fan of the move when it was uh, rumoured it was happening, and and not so much because of the, his ability and his playing side, but because of that, his, his leadership. I think even at Man City, when you had the guys like company and that, he was always one that was a big communicator and, and a big leader leadership figure. Uh, when I seen him run, run from run the full half of the park to see Ange take the instructions and go to Calmac, I don't know whether he's seen Ange try to flag somebody down or Calmac down, or, or he's just took it upon himself. But I thought it was absolutely just a touch of class. He seems like he's definitely helping Calmac in that role, and he's he's definitely up there with him. I think if there was a, a vice captaincy, I know I think Forrest took the armband the other thing, but. If there was another guy that's that, that's the main man that, that can stand up and, and, and lead these players, I think he's he's definitely one uh, to look for. Uh, also, we're talking. I was talking about his leadership skills, but his ability that save was absolutely fantastic. And for me, that was a turning point in the game. They were really on top of us at that point, uh, and he made that save. It kind of got the crowds going, and then after that, we were in sixth gear for the remainder of the half and absolutely pummeled him in my opinion so that save was a big turning point and he's doing he's doing the things that he should be doing so he's making saves that he should be making but because I'm so used to like the Barkas in recently and they're not doing the simple things um, it's it's just a, a breath of fresh air and he's definitely buying into this um, being higher up the park and, and playing being a ball playing keeper he's um, we've seen it ourselves because we were at the game at the weekend and uh, you could see how high up the park he was and he's screaming for the ball uh, and it's as if he's an extra centre-half in there sometimes so he's buying into it everything he said when he first joined the club he's proven now and uh, I, I think it's just been an absolutely wonderful sign and I know we're in early doors but he's he's been superb for the club so far yeah, I totally agree. I think you make a great point. He's making big saves and big moments, isn't he, really? And you, you look at the the types of save, that one, the reaction save, the foot that tipped the ball on the post by his feet, it was brilliant. He's grabbing the ball, he's throwing it, he's releasing it, and he was quite publicly called out before by Guardiola. Now, we all know he's the, the god of all managers, like so he's going to find an issue of everything in regards to kind of playing football, John. But as Joe Hart kind of proved himself at Celtic that he's, I mean, people say about the atmosphere, about the expectation, but he did play with City and he, he won leagues and stuff. And I came to you guys and I I didn't really want him at Celtic, but he's proved me wrong so far. What's your opinion of him at the minute? 
Well, firstly, the atmosphere between us and the city is night and day. Don't yes, no, that, that, no, no, no. I didn't mean, I didn't mean like that. I mean, I mean, <laughs> no, but you're right. A, I, I a league winner, league winner. Aye, he, he's 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 been there and he's he's played at the highest level. He's an internationalist, and we knew when he was coming in. I granted, he didn't have the the sort of he wasn't like first team, and he kind of sort of fell by the wayside a bit. Uh, and that was a worry for a lot of fans, uh, and I think there was definitely concerns, like you mentioned it as well. I think that, that it was a concern for yourself that he's not played. But like I pointed out before as well, as we've spoke about, the, the member Gordon was the same, and he came in and done an absolute job for us, uh, a perfect job. And I think Hart's definitely moving in that direction. Um, we know how much experience he's got. Like William touched on his his ability to take leadership and like. Command his back line and he's he's getting involved. He's helping Calmac. He's going up. He's he's talking to Ange. He's getting instructions. He's relaying information. He's using his experience, and he's 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 coming into this sweeper keeper role really well. I think he's like he, he's playing the part. He's doing what he's asked today, and he's he's no put a foot wrong. Um, and I think that as fans as well, but uh, the players in front of him. Um, I've got confidence they've got a keeper, an experienced and talented keeper between the sticks now, and that will help them their confidence, and they'll be able to take a wee bit more. They'll be able to do a little bit more in terms of getting forward and everything else. Whereas I don't think they would have had that with being in Barkas. Um, they would have probably been a wee bit wary about going so high, pressing so high up the park, um, and no protecting the keeper because the keeper can't protect himself. And being in Barkas was shocking. Let's be honest. But with Hart, I don't, I don't think they have that. It's like they, they, they've got faith in him. He's got faith in his defence, his players in about him. And it's like you can see it, uh, like William says, the way that they're pressing and how high up he's actually getting. And he's actually, he's, he's scre- like William says, he's screaming for the boy. He wants the ball at his feet. He's, he seems comfortable with the ball at his feet. He's not just making any stupid, he's not just kicking it for the sake of kicking it and stuff like that. It's, it's like he's actually taking his time and making decisions and everything else. So, I think, he, I think he's been a fantastic sign, and I think he's going to be probably, if, like, I know we've got Kyogo, and we'll probably touch on him, but I think Hart could prove to be probably one of the most important signings we've made this season. Yeah, and obviously one of the most important components in front of Hart is the defence, and we'll, we'll look at some players there. And I, Ralston had a fantastic game. He made that, I mean, that, that tackle when the ball was flying into the box, and he comes out of nowhere, clears it away. You look at Greg Taylor, you made a great point in the group chat today, John, his work rate, fantastic. But again, he lacks a wee bit in terms of final ball. That's clear for people to see. But one guy I want to focus on with you guys is Car Car Starfelt, right? I mean, William touched upon it at the start of the show that he did kind of give me the fear last night. And I'll come to yourself, William, about him first. Now, I can see there's all the traits in, in Starfelt of being a good, solid defender. He doesn't look the quickest. He doesn't look like he can kind of turn on a sixpence and chase a, chase a striker or close someone down quickly. I noticed that against Hearts as well. He was always last to the ball. The striker was beating him to the ball. But when he's at, in his area, he defends it really well. We've seen that when the corner kicks. But what's your opinion on him so far as a Celtic player? I know it's it's fourth game, if I'm correct, in terms of competitive football with us. Is he impressing you at the minute? Uh, not really, to be honest with you. I, I, feel like, I feel like pretty much every game that he's... He's played for us so far. He's made at least one mistake that's led to a proper goal-scoring chance, which is not great. Uh, obviously, it's early days. I think you're right. He does. He's great commanding, uh, commanding area, commanding his box. I just felt like he made that mistake early on, and then after that, he was every time the ball came to him, you could see he was just incredibly nervous. He was just trying to get, trying to get rid of it um, as soon as it came to him. Which I know I just want to play this fast pace one or two touch football but it, it, it was it, it's not as if he looked comfortable on the ball and let's if let's face it he got nutmeg more times than Jim Leighton did his whole career and he was only playing <laughs> fucking first half um, so uh, he was giving me the fear but to be fair uh, Welsh alongside him is looking absolutely immense and he looks like the elder statesman and he's the one that's that's dragging the young boy through so I think they're forming a decent partnership uh, and I, I'm, ho- I'm hoping uh games to come that he's he is going to settle in and, and, and be a bit more confident. I think you're right and with the style that we play that like a ball over the top and, and it's he's not the quickest so getting back is a struggle. But um I'm wanting to give him the benefit of the doubt at the moment. He's only just in, in the door so 
let's see how he goes. Uh, but the rest of the defence were absolutely immense for me uh, last night. Ralston was, like you say, that tackle, the ball was coming in, he came in for the back post and he slid for about 40 metres away and still still won the ball. It was unreal and I had Greg Taylor's work rate is superb. I agree with his, you know I'm a big defender of Greg Taylor in this podcast and uh, but I've never said that he's uh, the world's best left back but he never ever fails to give less than 100%. It might not be, he might not be what we all want and, and but he never, he, he gives his all every time. And I loved his interview at half time. I don't know if you've seen it. And they were talking about uh, the gaffer's philosophy and how he's playing. And uh, they said, oh, he was down the left and he was playing centre midfield at some points. And then he was away at right back at some points. And Greg Taylor says, listen, it's not. He doesn't tell us to position ourselves. He just wants us to be fluid. And, and where there's space, there's space. So if I feel there's space in centre midfield, I'll go there. If I feel it's out wide, I'll go there too. And uh, uh, I, I just think the, the, the whole battling was immense, although Starfelt was one for one. Yeah, I mean, and the reason why I wanted to focus on Starfelt is just because he's obviously the new guy coming in from Ruby Kazan for about £3 yeah. million. Pounds. And at the moment, in my honest opinion, like yourself, he hasn't justified that transfer fee. Now, people may obviously say that it's four competitive games, that kind of thing. And I, I do agree with that. But at the end of the day, he needs to show kind of glimpses, John, of what he can do. And me, me and William said... He is great at commanding his box, but anything outside that box, he seems shaky. What, what's your opinion of him at the minute? Uh, I'm, I still think it's far too early to, to sort of pass judgment, and I think it's a bit harsh to be so critical of the guy at the minute because if you actually take into account, he's 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 done more good than he has bad, and people, the problem that we have as fans is we're very very critical of players when they make a mistake, and that's all we, that's what we remember them for. But if you look at the bigger picture, for me, he's he's done more. He, like he's he's been solid in defence and other like other areas. Like he says, when he's in the box, we've, we've been missing a guy in the box as well for set pieces. As some have been missing, uh, he commands that area very well. Granted, uh, when he's he's playing a little higher up and he's outside the box, it's, it, he's, he'll be playing a style of football he's not completely familiar with yet, and he'll still be adjusting and getting used to the style of play as well. And not just in terms of the tactics that Ange wants to play, but the actual pace and the, the sort of physicality of the Scottish game. But I thought last night, barring the mistake, where he got nutmegged, <laughs> as well you've alluded to, uh, <laughs> and, and the boy came through, um, I thought that, by and large, he'd he done all right. It wasn't a, I wouldn't say it was a shocking game. He had a decent game. I thought he looked far more comfortable when he swapped with Welsh and moved to the right of the centre of the defence. He certainly seemed to be more comfortable there, and he's a right-footed player anyway. So I don't see why he, he's been touted as a left centre back when he's he's a dominantly right. Like I'd very rarely see him do anything with his left foot. He seems to be a dominantly right-footed player, and he certainly seemed more comfortable on that side. So when it surprised me if we see him there going forward because Welsh looks like he, he he's a little bit more diverse and he can play there. And by the way, Welsh has been phenomenal for us. We said it last year. He was one of the sort of bright lights in an otherwise dark season. That was, He was one of the ones where we, were, we always had praise for him because he's been chucked in. Young boy's been chucked in. An abysmal season by all accounts. And he's been absolutely superb. And he's just grown and grown as a player. And it, it's fantastic to see. And by the way, I know we're all sort of eager for Julian to get back. Um, but it's like, for me... Julian, if, if, if he performs well in training and he's back and, and stuff like that, Starfelt's the man you're dropping for me because Wells, again, hasn't put a foot wrong. Uh, and until he does, then I don't see why he should be dropped automatically. And the same goes for Ralston, by the way. I know that this Juranovic is expected to be signing, what is it, tomorrow or today, yeah. if you're listening to it on Friday, because we <laughs> record it on the Thursday. I need to keep remembering that. But <laughs> So today, uh, Juranovic is expected to sign uh, if he hasn't already been announced. <laughs> and uh, again, I'd, he shouldn't have walked straight into this team. Like, I know he's a Croatian international and everything else, but Ralston hasn't put a foot wrong either. And the fact that we've now got two right-backs who are going to be competing for that position is, is great and it only benefits us. But as it stands at the minute, until Ralston makes an asset and until he does something wrong, there's no reason why you should drop him. He's on form, he's playing confidently, like taking him out and throwing in a new guy might not work, 
And then no. you could potentially, Ralston could potentially, his performance could drop or he could fall off, lose confidence, whatever the case may be. But for me, Ralston has to be a number one right back at the minute going forward. And I know, like you're saying, you know which on paper is sort of like he's a creation international. He, he's a fantastic player by all accounts. Um, but I, I, I didn't see any reason to drop Ralston at the minute because for me, He's been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and the game against Altmar uh, on Wednesday was incredible. I thought he was man of the match for me. And he, he was absolutely, he was a machine. He was just non-stop up and doing that, that the right side of the pitch, making tackles out of nowhere. Slight, like, it was just a phenomenal for performance for me. Uh, and I just briefly touching on Taylor. I've not been shy about saying it. I don't think he's the right guy for us going forward. Uh, unlike... It's, it's difficult because a day I love his work rate and the engine he's got he's he's non-stop he's up and down the left side of that pitch non-stop but it's his final ball for me and that can if, if he's going to spend the majority of his time in the sort of final third and you're looking for somebody to be able to sort of whip a cross in or get a, you need somebody better because he's not the guy for me and I'll, I'll hold my hands up he's, he's work rate and everything else and he does a decent job defensively but we need we need to him in the final third as well. And if you look at it, who have we got at left side? We've got Montgomery, who he looks decent. He's still a young guy, but he's not done enough to be able to prove himself for me. Um, and Ball and Golly's nowhere to be seen. So you go, you got to wonder: is he just no cutting it in training, or is he just whatever the case is? But as it stands, Taylor's the only guy you've got at left back. Montgomery for me is he going to be able to cut? If like if if Taylor gets injured or anything like that, who have you got? Can so I just jump in for a second? See, just I was wanting to jump in earlier, but John just kept going on. I could do this <laughs> one in there, but uh, see this. See just to get back because I know Stephen likes a bit of debate and disagreement. So see with Let's the Starfelt case, the Starfelt, right? I um I totally agree with you. It's early doors, and I'm not I'm not ousting. I'm not saying like we should drop him or get rid of him and get a new new person in, right? But you're saying he's done more good than bad, right? I like I said, I feel like almost every game he's made. A mistake that's either cost us a goal or almost Aye. cost us a goal. You've got like the the Jablonek one where it was the long ball upfield. I know it's not completely his fault. It's down the middle of the two centre halves, right? But if he's your big experienced commanding centre half, he should have that away. That was a disgraceful goal to lose, and and it's not all down on him, but he was a big part of that, right? Aye. Then we've got the Hearts situation where the penalty. I know you've discussed it, and you've said like I know, he, he should, but for me, it shouldn't be taking a touch or whatever, he should be getting that out of and even then he should be more aware of who's around about him. There's another one, there's another night where the guys, the, let's face it, the boys should have scored for uh, Alkma. These are, these are big, big mistakes. They're not just like, they they're not just like, a, and, and, and you're saying about him, last night, I just thought, every time the ball came to him, and he's only playing a five-yard pass along to Welsh, and it seems like his feet were dancing on the spot because he was that nervous to get, to get rid of it as soon as it came to him. So for me at, at the moment, I'm like mm, I'm yet to be convinced. Now I'm not saying drop him, oust him, but for me it's not a matter of like like oh well he's he's going to be your best centre half going forward. I just feel like he's. I think as well, William. I mean, John is right in what he says. Obviously, it's four games, but again, you have to call out what you say, and I totally agree with what you're saying, William. I have to be honest, and I think John as well. You well, need this, to take I up, mean, what, you, what uh, you've done wait, though wait, is wait, you've wait, effectively wait, proved my point. Wait. Because what I said to you earlier is, as fans, we're very critical of players, and we oh. remember mistakes more than we remember everything else. But he played for 90 minutes, and we're calling out one mistake he made against Altmar. Granted, you're saying no, that he, did, he looked not. a bit shaky with his pass. Yeah, and that's what I'm else. saying. The, fo- the whole right. game, I never said it was just that one but mistake. He looked nervous as hell the whole he game. He might have looked nervous, but did he? Other than that one where he got nutmegged and the player got through, did, ah, he, did got he, beat, he got beat a few times? But that happened. players get beat. I know. What I'm saying is, is that the the games that he's played, and remember, it has only been a handful of games, and he's still adjusting and everything else. Like I've said, I'm not going to say. Or he should get a bye because, or we should just forget about the fact he's made mistakes because we shouldn't, because the mistakes can cost you games, and I get that. But ultimately, if you look at the bigger picture, for me anyway, and this is just my opinion, I've I've seen Mayor about him to say that there is a decent defender in there than I have than to say there's no, personally. And like I say, when 
he's made some fantastic like last actually against Altmar last uh, on Wednesday he made a few really important tackles in the box when they were pressing us high uh, when they switched it to the he right said that. no but this is what he I'm said. saying it's like nobody's calling out these important tackles that he's making and everything else where if if he'd have made an acid aim it could have Aye, but the, important, the, the important tackles are the tackles that you're expecting to be making Right, but this and is what I'm mistakes. saying. It's like because he's expected to make them, nobody's like you're not looking at them and you're not going. By the way, that was a good tackle. That was a good tackle. You're not. You're you're going. You're, you just remember that one mistake he made. So that's every time somebody hits a shot at, straight at Joe Hart and he saves it, I shouldn't. I should be saying, "Oh, that he's, he's that's a good save." This right, is my point. Right, he's, I mean, do, he's he's doing other stuff that he is meant to be doing, but he's thrown in these mistakes. I you're missing that, that point, but that's fine. Welsh's block right, last night was due to his mistake as well. I just I'm not I'm not saying that we should like I said to you, but I've I've seen more things that make me worry. If we're going into Derby Day and he makes that one mistake and we get beat, then I'm like, right, okay. Right, that's time to move on from the defence, right, guys. <laughs> right, we'll move into the engine room and obviously Cal McGregor, Turnbull, Rodgers. But I want to focus on our Wizard of Odds, Tom Rodgers. John, I'll come to yourself first. And for me, again, as William said, another fantastic performance. He does seem rejuvenated. He seems back to the, the Rodgers we all know and love. He's taking the ball. He's taking players on, finding passes here and there. And he's just absolutely fantastic in a minute. And another thing that I'm noticing too, I don't know about yourselves, but his work rate is fantastic. He looks like he has another engine in him. But I know obviously towards the end of the game he did tire. But I mean, for the first 70 minutes, he was all over that pitch. He was dictating the play. The fantastic ball into Kyogo for his goal. Was us phenomenal? What was your opinion of him in the game? I thought he was absolutely fantastic as well, mate. And that, like you say, he's actually doing more work now and doing more running than he ever did. And there was a lot of talk about before Ange came in, like we were all praising Rogers for making players that were already in the team better. And Roger had fantastic time under Rogers, and then he kind of fell off, and a lot of people were kind of on his back saying he's done. It's time for him to go. But then Ange has come in and then under Ange, he's revitalised them. You're seeing the best of Roderick again. And I know, again, it's still early days and there's still a long way to go. But as it stands at the minute, if he can keep that sort of level of stuff up, then it's fantastic for us because we know how good Roderick is. And when he's playing like that, he, the guy's untouchable. See with the boy at his feet, he just looks like he's dancing. It's incredible to watch. And it just looks like it doesn't matter what he does, he'll get by anybody. Nobody can take the ball off him when he's in full flow. And... Again, it was against Hearts, uh, and again uh, last night he was he was absolutely phenomenal. And I, I think I'd say just before we scored the goal, we were talking about his performance like up until that point. Just we couldn't just how good he looks and how good he is with the ball at his feet. And then and then we got that first goal, and so I I mean it's it's hard to say anything bad negative about Rogic at the minute. And uh, same way Kalmak, he he's been phenomenal since Andrews came in. He's taken the captain's armband. Uh, he's been the guy, one of the main guys in the engine room, and he's 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 working his heart out as well. And I, I just I'm loving it, mate. I'm loving it. <laughs> I think that's we're all loving it. But coming to yourself, William, I hope you took a wee breath and relaxed there a wee minute. But I mean, Tom Tom Rodgers, he, he is fantastic, and like like we're all saying, he he seems to have found another gear. He seems to be running more. He seems to be putting the yards in. He's even putting tackles in and tracking back, which is something you never actually associate with him. And what I always noticed was with Pasta Cogley when he was Australian manager and things, he always had Kenny Rodgers as the focal point of his team, of the press, of how they played, and he fits into that style. Has that come across to yourself watching the games? Definitely. I didn't I didn't see how he could fit the style uh, with the fact that we all know his history and when it lasts about 60 minutes a game, so if you're talking about like a high-intensity press, I could never ever see him doing that, but he is. He, the first half last night, he was absolutely electric. Everything we did good going forward, came through big sexy Dan Rogic, I mean <laughs> he had two and three players around him and he just dances out of it his, his feet are better than John Travolta on Saturday Night Fever man, he just gets out of position and you know the old saying he could find space in a telephone box with Gemma Collins that's how good he is he could even find space in a telephone box with Gemma Collins, that's how good he is and for the goal for the goal he was going, he, when, he, when he first received the ball he's going nowhere and he, it's moments like that that win games. And for him to turn and, and play an unbelievable ball in, it was just Tom Rogic of old. Uh, I think he's been absolutely immense. And I think if you told me a few weeks ago that 
he would be in. Um, he'd be starting most games. I don't think I would have because of the way it was set up and um, Kalmak was playing that more number eight role when he was getting forward. And uh, we discussed it in the podcast. I think it was actually Ross that said it weeks ago that uh, the, the thought of putting Kalmak in the number six and playing like Turnbull and Rogic or, 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 or Turnbull and Christie in there even. And uh, at the time I was like, oh, I don't, you lose so much of Kalmak if you do that. But uh, he's been absolutely immense in that role and he's let Rogic do his thing. Uh, so uh, I, I don't think you can dislodge anybody for that midfield three. Uh, uh, and and uh, Rogic was, for me, I, I agree with John. I think Ralston maybe, maybe would have pipped man in the match, but Tom Rogic was not far behind. He was absolutely electric. And by the way, see when he comes off, that's the last few games when he when he's coming off. I don't even think he looks. I think he could last the ninety if 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 he let him. Uh, just superb, running out of superlatives yeah. for him. He's absolutely immense. Yeah, he, he has been fantastic. And uh, William, I don't know where you came with all them comments, but oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they were on point. I mean, Tom Rods, he, he is like a dancer, isn't he? Could you imagine if he had blister and pace? He'd be up there, like oh, he'd be, oh, he'd be yeah. up, he'd be up there, but. Now we're going to go to the strikers, okay? We're going to focus on the man of the moment, Kyogo Furuhashi. I mean, this guy is on. See, just before we do that, Stephen, can we, you need to get a shout out to Turnbull as well because he was getting a bit of slack yeah. early days. But the past two or three games, man, he's been phenomenal as well. I know that, but I wanted to focus on Rodgers. Relax yourself, John. I'm just saying, I'm just, you're saying we're moving on to the strikers. I'm just pointing out, it's like we need to give a shout out to Turnbull because he's been absolutely phenomenal the past few games. I, yeah, I agree. Turnbull has been fantastic, but I kind of want to narrow down to a couple of players to speak about before we move on. But I thought Rodgers was just immense last night. That's why I kind of focused on him. But David Turnbull, last couple of games, immense. I mean, the home of the field, as you guys are saying, it's the engine room, Calmack playing that sixth role. Turnbull dropping deep, getting the ball going forward, and Rodzik just kind of finishing it off. It's just brilliant to watch. And I want to talk about Kyogo Furuhashi now, guys. And this guy, I mean, he does fantastic. What, six goals in six games or six and five, whatever it is, William? He's just lit the place on fire, hasn't he? Unbelievable. His movement just... I cannot believe he's not been snapped up before now because his movement is just... like See that goal? Uh, the goal against Altma. Edward's not make, not scoring that goal because he's never making that run in a million years. Last year, uh, he's he's not making these runs to near posts and back posts. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, I seen a clip and because I, I never noticed it at the game, the Hearts game, and somebody's hit the free kick, and he's just made a run that you would never ever think the ball's going to land up there in a million years. But he's just made this run, and it just so happens the ball came off the wall and landed right next to him. He's just his awareness is unbelievable and. I've honestly, I can't remember the last time I've seen a player as with the spatial awareness is good and the runs he makes. Are, it must be a dream. See for Rogic, especially, it must be a dream for him to to be beating a man and coming through and just looking ahead and seeing. He doesn't need to even need to make the decision because Kyogo makes it for him already. He knows where he's going to go. It's just I, I cannot say enough about the young man. He he just looks and. Stephen, you always say it, it just puts a smile on your face. See whenever he's celebrating and he's humble as they come. He got I think he got an inch man of the match in the stadium last night and he's sitting clapping and nodding away as if to say, like, I appreciate it, thanks very much. What a player, what a player we've got. Unbelievable. I mean, it, it's mad to think, I know I said this in the last show when it, when it was on, like he, he was being uh, fed balls by Andreas Iniesta, the king of free balls. And as as William said there, John, he's a breath of fresh air, he's so humble. Yeah. He just loves playing for Celtic. That's what it seems like at the minute. And he's scoring goals for fun. And he's going to torture defenders, isn't he? No, definitely. We've, we we say that. I mean, we've been saying it pretty much every episode for we signed him. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he is absolutely phenomenal. And he, he's exciting to watch as well. Like, see, if you watch him off the ball, like William said, his movement. I'm, I can't, can't even mind the last time I've seen anybody move like that. He's, he is a nightmare for defenders because you don't know what he's going to do. And there's no way of reading them, and but he, he like he puts himself in positions where, like William said again, perfectly, he, he's making decisions for the players, and not just that. It's like they they are getting to a point now where they can hit a through ball at like that, and then Kyogo might be on the end. Like you've got the confidence that you've got a player there who is going to go on the end there or going to make an attempt to go on the end there, and then that that's just like it says, 
the attacking side of things, he's defending for the front as well. Like, let's not forget, he's anytime his work rate is like we're talking about Taylor's work rate, right? But Kyogo's non stop, like, he, he, he just seems to chase every ball. Um, he's, he's running back, he's helping defense, he's, he's closing people down uh, at the top end of the park, and he's, he's letting them, he's not letting them out. And it, it's it, honestly. I'm just loving the wee guy. Yeah, like honestly, can he, There's not enough positive things I can say about him at the minute. And like he says, he, he's he's his attitude and everything else. It's infectious, and you can't help but smile when you see him. You know what's amazing and, about his goal scoring record as well? He only plays 60 minutes a game. Aye, that's very that. very he gets hooked off after 60, 70 minutes of the game, and he's still scoring goals for fun. Aye, and I, I was I read the other day as well that he, I know it's we're only a, a couple of games into the season, but. He now leads the, sc- the goal-scoring charts in two leagues in the one season. <laughs> that's, <laughs> un- that's unbelievable. I mean, I know like it's fair, but Japan was obviously well into the season w- when we got him, but he was leading that then, and he's leading it now. And it w- he's going to finish top goal-scorer this year. I think I don't think there's anybody that would really argue with that. He doesn't look like he's going to be quiet and doing any time in Barron. And I'm not, in fact, I'm not even going to say it. I don't, I don't even want to jinx it. But he, he looks absolutely phenomenal and. I think he, he, it's not just that, man. He, he brings a new element of excitement. There was people, when we went to the game, uh, William, you, you might even remember this, but there was guys talking about, like, and we were even saying it on the, in the, in the, on the way through to the Hearts game. It, it was, it's like, just going to see Kyogo, he's a draw in his own, like, he's becoming a draw himself. And it's like people are, are wanting to go to games now just to see him play and Honestly, it's really, really exciting, and what what a signing he's been. He's he's fantastic, and I think as well that the amount of Japanese flags flying about Celtic Park now just speaks volumes of what the support really think of Kyogo Furuhashi. He's a fantastic player, and I just hope that for years to come, he puts on that green and white shirt and tortures defenses and tears them apart. And what I want to move on to now is the most important of them all: Celtic's twelfth man, the supporters, finally back in stadiums after over nearly two years basically being out of stadiums, 18 months, whatever it is. And it's fantastic to see. When I was at the Hearts game, when they were singing the Never Walk Alone, I had a wee tear in me, I have to admit. I did have a wee tear in me because it gave me goosebumps. And it always did give me goosebumps, but just hearing it again with a full stadium, William, is fantastic. Watson on the TV um, last night on, the, on that stream I paid for, and it dropped out 15 minutes in. But here, I won't complain about it. But... It was just fantastic. It was fantastic to see the supporters back at full voice. And there seems to be a connection again, albeit might not be with the top level in terms of the board, but definitely between the, the Celtic fans and the players. Can you see that as well? A hundred percent. And just got the team playing the Celtic way. Um, it's the football we all want to see. I'm quite happy. I don't know about you guys. I'm quite happy to concede three goals a game as long as we're scoring four and five. Uh, so... It's the football you want to watch. And you, in the commentary last night, uh, John Hartson and Chris uh, Guy Mowbray was commentating, and I, I think it was the first time he commentated uh, for us on uh, Celtic TV, and John Hartson was trying to explain to him, and you could even Guy Mowbray was like, listen, I know the football that he's been playing, it's been, everybody's talking about it, uh, and it's just the best fans in the world, isn't it? It doesn't matter what game it was recently, I know everybody's glad to be back in the stadium, but the noise they make is just unbelievable, and that's, Definitely a factor in how the team plays as well. You know, I, like you touched on it, Stephen, in the last pod at uh, the Hearts game. Kyle got up and just kind of gave a wave to the fans as if to say, "Gene them up," and the, the noise was incredible. Uh, yeah, you're bang on the twelfth man, and uh, I think if, I know a, a while back they were talking about Neil Lennon coming in in his first tenure, and it was talking about bring the thunder. Well, Andrew's definitely brought the thunder back. Yeah, and you can feel that. I mean, as a supporter watching it, it's fantastic. The football is unbelievable. And kind of when you're conceding goals and stuff, if you know that, you're going to win the game by five or six and a six-two or whatever. You can kind of accept that, John. But what what's your opinion seeing the supporters back? It was emotional for me. How was it for you? I love it, mate. There's nothing like your support. And whether you're watching it on TV or you're at the game, it's like you'll never experience anything like it. And it's been sorely missed. And I think you can see the sort of energy it gives the players as well. Um, and I think that was obviously one of our biggest downfalls last year. Uh, it was the fact that the, 
ultimately you play the entire season with no fans, but you can see the difference they make. Uh, and like William perfectly touched on, it's like Ange just brought this exciting, uh, attacking, fluid football that's exciting to watch. It's electric to watch. It, it that plays its part as well. Getting the fans in full voice, the fans getting in full voice has an, a, a knock-on effect and gets the players even drawing more energy at the players and getting them working even harder. It's just I'm loving it, mate. And it, the, the, like I said, there's nothing like it. Like even, I think it was uh, watching the game last night. Like I think you touched on Guy Mowbray was up commentating with Hartson, uh, and like he he's I think, I think I don't know if it's the first time he's ever commented on a Celtic game at Celtic Park, but it it obviously the the 67 thing with the lights and this everybody in song and he was he was he even mentioned that like the, like Hartson was trying to explain to him what what that was, but it was just you could hear it and like that guy over he was just like taking it back. He was like, "Wow, what a sight!" And it is. There's no fans like it. I think we're the greatest fans in the world. Yeah, without doubt. And I also had to say, by the way, I thought Guy Mowbray did a fantastic job commentating. I thought he was. He did. He was yeah. Yep, yeah. He was fantastic on Celtic TV. But here, moving on, the the transfers and the, in, the incomings and outgoings and thing. Obviously, just briefly, there's been a few rumours going about that Celtic have agreed a fee with Fivi Velo for uh, the Greek striker Georgios. I'm not going to even pronounce the second name because I'll mess that up straight away. But apparently that's £2.5 <laughs> million pounds being agreed there. Also the creation. Um, Yarakonich or something. Yaroskovanich, the right back. He's meant to be coming in. That's meant to be agreed. and meant to be finalised Friday. as medical stuff. The fee's been agreed with Lager Warsaw. And already their coach has kind of said he's leaving. And then a young boy from Shamrock Rovers, Liam Skills. He plays, he plays left back or centre back. That's meant to be agreed for 500 grand as well. So come to yourself, John, first. What's your opinion of the possible incomings the Celtic, do you think it kind of fills an urgent gap in the squad? Yeah, definitely. We know that the, the right back's been one we've been screaming for, for before the season even started, so it's good that we're getting a, a, an experienced player in. And like I say, he's, he's got a fight in his hands because Ralston's not getting up the jersey easily. And knowing that we're going to have two quality people in that position fighting for the jersey means that Ange, not only that he has that, but he has the option of rotation as well. And I think this boy, Juranovic, he can play in the right side of the midfield as well, so it just gives him another option, and and it's just good to have somebody else in that side. Uh, the other striker, um, I don't think Ange is keen on a Yeti. I don't think a Yeti's going to fit in with the plans going forward. Um, he, he isn't really featured much. Same with Griff. I don't think he's going to feature. And Edwards start there, what's happening with him. So you're going to need another striker in anyway. Uh, Kyogo's obviously going to be the man leading the line, but as we've seen... Um, Kyogo can play it and left, and you can you can play another striker through the middle as well. So this guy, uh, 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 I think Macus is how you pronounce his name. Well uh, done. <laughs> that's a guess. <laughs> Just get that. <laughs> but uh, I, um, I mean, we, we sort of briefly touched on it in the group chat as well. He, like he finished the top goal scorer in the, the Dutch league last year, but his team got relegated. So. For all the goals he was scoring, the team overall were, were dire. Um, but we know that in the Dutch league you're still up against some decent competition. I mean, there's some still decent teams there. Uh, but he's, he he was setting records and everything else. And he certainly I watched a few videos of him, uh, and he he certainly looks like he, he knows where the goal is, and I think it could be quite a decent signing for us. I also heard that the Henri hang. I know that maybe that was the the Henri coming in was banking on Edward being sold but it looks like or at least based on what I've read uh, reports in uh, was it Belgium or wherever it is that it is uh, are saying that the, the deal with Genk is stalled or is off um, so that's another option that's something else to look at as well again I don't you don't, you don't know where we are with, with terms of these transfers we can only go off what we're reading um, but if, if, if it's true then I think it's fantastic um, I don't know much about the skills boy either, but I think he play, also plays left back yeah, uh, and left mid. So it's another option there, which is what we're needing. But again, I don't know too much about him. I don't know if he's the kind of quality we're needing or looking for, or if he's a one mare for the future, like uh, your Urigide and stuff like that is. But, it's, I mean, it's, but the, the fact we're bringing players in and we're adding depth to their positions is, is, is great. And I'm hoping that we still get another couple in before the end of the window. 
yeah, I think I think you made made great points, sir. Um, come to yourself, William, in terms of obviously, as John touched upon, the right back position is something we've been crying out for. I still believe. I mean, I've been honest about this. Ralston will be first choice going forward. He might be first choice for a while again while the new right back settles in. But once he takes hold of it, I think the creation right back will be the first choice. Liam Skills, he's predominantly a centre back. He's playing the League of Ireland, but he can play left back. Um. Who was the other guy? Kim, I let the striker Georgios. What did you say it was, John? Uh, Geomachus. Geomachus, yes. Again, he finished top goal scorer in the Eredivisie, the Dutch league. So, are you kind of excited by these signings coming in, William? Yeah, you know, I'm the wrong one to ask. I'm, when it comes to rumours, I'm wanting them in the stadium with the flag, with the scarf above their head. But uh, if that is all true, then yeah, it's, the, it's all the positions that I feel we're looking for. I, 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 it's looking more and more likely that we're going to keep hold of Eddie, which I'm fairly happy about. Uh, if that's the case, then I'm not so sure we need much strength in that top, to be honest with you. Uh, I'd like to see a Yeti get... Yeah, I mean, if you're going to have a third-choice striker, then I think he's decent enough. Right back, we're screaming for... Uh, I agree the fact that I think Ralston's been absolutely immense, but in this team, with this, the way we play, you're going to need rotation. So the more quality players you've got in these positions, the, the better. Uh, especially these wing backs, they they probably work more than, than most in the team, so that would be great. Uh, aye, I'm 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 fairly happy with the squad. Obviously, we need a few a couple more additions. If we're getting the likes of last night, we're missing the likes of Christie, and we've still got young Dembele to come back, and Julian's on on the mend, and he's coming back. So uh, we're obviously in a much much stronger position now than we were a few weeks back, and yeah. Uh, I think it's more about bulking up the squad now for more options and more rotation uh, than getting somebody in for the first 11. So, yeah, I mean, I'm on the positivity train. It's This is keep on running. Choo-choo. <laughs> Can um, I just say as well, though, that I think that what you said there at the end, William, was, was that spot on. It's the depth and having the, the options in their positions because it's still very early doors, but the way, we're, the way it looks to be that we're playing and everything else, uh, very high intensity, it's non-stop for 90 minutes, and at some point, players are going to burn out, and they're going to need a rest, and your your injury risk is increased significantly as well, so you're hoping obviously none of that happens, but you need to have the pieces in place to to account for that, on the off chance it does, but like he says, having them there, and and the rotation, being able to take them off in games, and, and rotate your players and all that sort of keep some fresher and everything else. So I think it's it's paramount that we get make sure. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I think Ralston can't. That shift Ralston put in last night, he can't put in every Thursday and Sunday for the foreseeable future. It's impossible. So yeah, you need to get the depth in. Mm-hmm. I think that that show location, location, location must be rotation, rotation, rotation. <laughs> the way you you, <laughs> you you guys are speaking, but look. This train is going back into league action here against St Mirren on Saturday. Another game to look forward to and a three o'clock kickoff. And instead of going too much in depth into the game, what way I think it's going to go, because I think we'll all agree, let's be honest, I think we'll hammer St Mirren. But again, I'll touch wood again and I won't jinx it. But we'll go straight into score predictions and line-up predictions. And I'll come to yourself, William, first. Line-up prediction first and then your score prediction. I think you'll go with the exact same line-up he played against Altmar. Uh I'll not go into it. Everybody knows. And I think we'll win. We'll win 4 1 where Starfield not Meg in there. <laughs> Who are you going to score goal the goals? Scorers. Kyogo 2, Rogic, and Forrest. And yourself, John? What are you going for? I think it'll be a similar sign up to what it was against Hearts. I think we're going to do the Kyogo on the left again, Edward through the middle, um, Forrest on the right, or Abada on the right. But by and large, the same sort of team. Uh, and in terms of goals, I'd just pick a number at heart, man. Yeah, I think we're actually going to do some damage to St. Man. Like, I don't think they're going to be able to cope with us at all. And I think they're going to... Wouldn't it surprise me if we hit another six, five or six? I would keep saying it, by the way, that we're going to roll over some teams this year. But see, like, see, like that first half against Hearts? There's, see if we play that against some teams, we're going into seven, eights and nines. Exactly, and this is what I'm saying. See if we play that first half against Hearts, against St Mirren. Nah, that <laughs> one of these days we're going to finish a game in double figures. It's, it, that's how, 
the, the style of football we're playing, the amount of possession we're keeping, the amount of chances we're having, it's inevitable. And at some point, one of these teams is going to be the unfortunate one. And that's no disrespect to you like say St Mirren or your your Hamiltons and the stuff, whatever it is, whoever it is we're coming up against, it's somebody's getting it. And until then, <laughs> I'm just I'm just going to predict it every week until it happens. <laughs> I've uh, for me myself, I'm going to go for Celtic seven, St Mirren one. I'm going to go pretty much the same lineup as we have. Maybe Bar, maybe any comeback in the play through the middle, as John said. I think I probably might might go that way. Rest the Dabba again, give a Dabba a rest because he's only come back from injury. The goal scorers, Kyogo, they get a hat trick. Eddie, to get two, makes sure I'm counting this right. Um, Forrest, to get one, and then Steve Miles, to get one. That's what I'll go with. But in terms of, of the main show, guys, that's just wrapped up. But I've brought back the quiz. The quiz come back, come back with me. So we're going to fire into the quiz between John and William. Are you guys ready? No, congratulations, sure, William. Thanks, bud. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the it's the same thing you know you know the drill guys five questions first to three whoever answers the most wins it okay nothing's ever too technical so question one Celtic suffered a record European defeat in September 2016 against which club and what was the score first lava five now no what was suffered the year? A, a defeat yeah. 2016 yeah. I thought it was Bratislava. I thought we won like 4-0 this the, the No, Sunday no, Celtic, Sunday. Sunday. Celtic suffered a defeat, their biggest defeat in Europe. Yeah, I know, that's that was, what I'm saying. I thought we got scudded the first leg, we won 4-0 the second leg, but it wasn't enough. BT scored and all that. I thought it was Bratislava, no? PSG. Oh, yeah. No, you've got one more to get. One oh, more Barca. Guess. Barcelona. What's the score? 7-1. Oh, I, I remember that. I I'll, give you, I'll give you it, William. It's Barcelona. It's Barcelona seven 0 but you were close to seven one. So what was it? What was it? What was that PSG? It was more recent than that as well. That was six, I think. Right. So question two: In terms of matches, who is Celtic's short, shortest serving manager? John Barnes. That's one each. John's back in. Good shout. Question three: At the age of nearly thirty-seven, name the oldest player to make a Celtic de- debut. Uh, Ian Wright. Fred, Fred Longbow. No. No. Dion Dublin. Yes, 2-1, Willie. <laughs> Just that name with all the X. <laughs> <laughs> question, question four. In 1993, who replaced Liam Brady as manager? Lou McCarty. Two each. Oh, ta- oh! Whoever gets this next one wins here, boys. Let's go. Let's see. Celtic and Hibernian hold the record for the largest transfer fee between two Scottish clubs. Who was the player? Six pair? million, Scott Brown. Oh, it wasn't six million, though, but... I'll give you four. John, it was four million. John, John's won four? the quiz. I thought it was with that. Did I win? John, you, you won I'm the quiz. I'm not having that. You said six million. But I didn't ask the value. I'm going to do a Ross. I'm fucking, I'm not having that. <laughs> so that's your, I think that's your second win in the quizzes, John, isn't it? That's only my second die. Ross and Ross was the first. Ah, love it, love it. I'm, pretty sure, I, I'm pretty sure I heard in there and, and uh, Alexa who was a manager after <laughs> <laughs> You can hear you can hear John's voice picking up, can't you? You hear the smile on his face. Well, he's won this because quiz. I, I, I wonder why he muted his mic. <laughs> it's just because I wasn't expecting it. Well, look, guys. I mean, again, fantastic show. My first show back as host in about three and a half weeks. And John, I appreciate all the work you do. And we always say we are going to go video soon. But again, that was delayed. Obviously, things got on in my life and. Obviously, I'm still getting up to speed with everything and I appreciate all you, your guys' support. And John's done some, some fantastic work with all the our graphics and all. They've all changed. I'm sure you noticed that. It's brilliant work. And have you enjoyed this one, guys? Uh, it's been good having you back, Super, mate. mate. Great to have you back. And the fact that we're talking about this now when three months ago we were all despairing and pulling our hair out, well, you did have the years have got here. Uh, it's incredible we're at this point now, so uh, it's been superb. Yeah, and for actually anyone who does anyone who doesn't know, William, who's a show regular, he's a double the Philip Sanderos. He's the type of ranger. So if you're going to send any comments, then call him Big Sanderos. He loves it. <laughs> but look, everyone who's listening, stay well and keep safe. Heel, heel. <laughs>